Daniel, can you believe that we're less than a week away from the final eight? Don't say that, man. I'm getting sad. I really don't know what to do after this eSports season is over. <laughs> yeah, we're literally less than a week away from the final eight. Final eight weekend is right around the corner. And then right after that, we're done. Like the last three months, three, four months, everything leading up to this weekend. And we're done. Listen, they say all good things must come to an end. And the same goes with the Ball Nub podcast. But until then, we still got a few more episodes. So let's ride it out. What's up, everybody? My name is Deshaun Stevens. It's your boy, Daniel Noel, man. And welcome to the Ball Nub podcast. The show where we talk about university basketball up here in Canada. Daniel, let's just get straight to it. Conference champions were crowned this past weekend in three conferences, but we're going to talk about two conferences. And let's start out West in the Canada West. Canada West men's finals, the Victoria Vikes took on the Winnipeg Westmen and Victoria defeated Winnipeg 95 to 80. Hear this stat line. Hear this stat sheet, okay? Diego Mafia had 20 points. Ronaldo Robinson had 18 points. Elias Ralph had 18 points. And Dominic Oliveri had 14 points and 22 rebounds. That was the production of UVic starting lineup in that championship game. Daniel, talk me through your thoughts on this game. Listen, there, there is no surprise here. You and I, you said it last week. You said UVic has been playing the best basketball in the country all year. And like they have their eyes on a natty. This was just like, you know what, we're going to come in here, we're going to blow out, and then on to the next. we, we got to go. We're thinking, you know, final eight. And as you mentioned, bro, they had, what, four or five players in double-digit figures. This is no surprise from the UVic team. I believe out of all games that, you know, were must-watch TV this weekend, this was, like, the least, you know, competitive game that, you know, people were focusing their eyes on. Because I think a lot of people didn't know that, you know, congratulations to Winnipeg on making it there. But this was UVic's championship from the beginning of the season. Yeah, this was a very like non-must-watch game, and that's why the game happened on a Friday night at like 11 p.m. Eastern time. Only people at UVic knew this game was happening, and then the people in Winnipeg. I feel like aside from that, no one else knew this was happening. But let me get straight to my point. You said it right there. For the people that thought Winnipeg had a chance in this game, I told you so. I told you so. I said, I'm going to say it again, to quote the great Goran Dragic when he came to Toronto and got traded from the Miami Heat. And people asked him, are you excited to be in Toronto? He said, I have higher ambitions. The Victoria Vikes have higher ambitions, and they're looking for a national championship. I feel like Winnipeg, I mean, the reality is they already punched their ticket to the final eight. They're going to be playing in a national tournament, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, so really and truly for them, I feel like they're just on a happy joy ride right now. They're just experiencing it as it goes for the first time since 1994. But Victoria, uh, this, is, this is their time right now. They have higher ambitions. I will say this, their starting five looks good. Looks really good. Uh, to have double-digit production from four of your five starters and then to have uh, Dominic Oliveri have 22 boards. And then you have your sharpshooter, Diego Mafia, putting up his 20. Right? Remember, they can't win a game unless he drops 20. But then to have everyone else essentially, you know, put up double digits, that's like the key to a national championship right there. When you have your star player, you have your star scorer, and then you have that supporting cast that can give you 20 on any given night. And then you have your big man, who's capable of giving you over 20 rebounds. That's the format to a national championship. So right now I'm looking at Victoria. I'm looking at their starting five. I'm saying that's looking really good entering a national championship tournament. Uh, but let's switch over to the women's side. The Alberta Pandas, not Golden Bears, Pandas, took on the Calgary Dinos and Alberta defeated Calgary 76 to 65 to win their first 
Canada West Conference Championship in program history. Jens Harp had 20 points, while Claire Signatovich had 20 rebounds. Daniel, talk to me about this game. Listen, besides my feelings for the men's team and the men's program, I'm very happy for this women's team and the program. I showed a lot of love to them last week, and it's nothing but love again today. I don't think people understand how hard it is to beat the number 10 team in the country, Fraser Valley, then go on to beat the number one team in the country at the time, Saskatchewan, in Saskatchewan, and then a week later go on the road to, you know, face your provincial rival in your first ever championship and go and go and win that. I don't think people take in like how hard that is to do all three of those things. The path that they had to win this Canada West championship was very hard. And I don't think any other team would have been able to, you know, handle the adversity that they were put through. But as you mentioned too, Claire Signatovich, she's a Canada West defensive player of the year and second team all-star. And she's there for a reason. As you mentioned, 20 rebounds. She has seven points, but five blocks and four steals. Five blocks, four steals from the defensive player of the year right there. I think she's going to be a big difference maker going to the national tournament because you know what they say, defense wins championships. So I'm very excited with the momentum that this Alberta team has going into the national final eight tournament. Yeah, and then you got to give shout outs to Jens Harp too because she showed up in the semifinals against Saskatchewan and then she showed up again here in the finals against Calgary. So she's had a really great two-game stretch. Claire Signatovich, I can't, I can't speak enough about how amazing she's been all season. You've been showing her love all season, but I think on the final stage, she really, you know, kind of put that stamp on her defensive player of the year campaign. And now I'm actually excited to see what she can do now in the final eight when she goes up against more high powered offenses, right? What, what can she do? Because realistically, yes, she's the Canada West defensive player of the year, but she might well be the best defensive player in the nation on the women's side, right? So I'm curious to see what she does on the national stage. Um, but shout out to Alberta, first conference championship in program history. And I was kind of shocked to even learn that as I was kind of going through the record books, because the reality is the Alberta Pandas, you and I talk about it, Golden Bears Pandas, that school is just good at everything. So you'd, you'd almost expect that they'd have more, you know, conference championships in the past. But shout out to that program. All right, let's switch over to Ontario. Let's talk about the OUA. And let's talk about the OUA men's finals, because the Ottawa GGs took on the Carlton Ravens. Ottawa went to Carlton. They went on the road, down the street, basically, and they defeated the number one team in the nation, Carlton Ravens, 79 to 57 to win their third Wilson Cup in program history. Gion Pepin had 19 points, while Kevin O'Too, the Humber College transfer, had 17 points. What a game this was. I think a lot of people were shocked by this game. Daniel, let me start on this one. I just want to say, Right off the jump, I thought this was going to be a much closer game. Yeah, you really made Carlton and Ottawa sound like they're far apart. <laughs> but getting into the game, like you said, it Ottawa won 79-57. And, man, what a game for the GGs. You and I both had Carlton winning this game. And I'm upset at myself because I've been raving about this Ottawa team from July, August, when they played Oregon, and they only lost Oregon by two points. I was just like, yo, Guillaume Pepin and Kevin O'Too, the Humber College legend. You know, and I'm kind of upset that I didn't take them last week. But like you said, it Carlton has been playing the best basketball for the past three weeks to a month in the country. They, have, they haven't lost a single home game. That was the first home game they lost all season. So it goes to show you that, you know what, those Ottawa fans did show up. But I think the three-point shooting of Ottawa was the X factor in this game. They hit 15 threes on 50% shoot, shooting percentage from the arc. 15 threes on 50%. So that just goes to show you that they were knocking down their shots. 
Guillaume Pepin led the way with 19 points, and he had five threes, while Kevin O'Toole, like you said, 17 points, three steals, and four threes to himself as well, too. He's bringing that championship mentality that we saw from Humber winning the national championship there, bringing it to Ottawa here and giving them that team that, you know, that Patrick Beverly spark on the defensive end and still going out there and scoring. So he's been doing their thing. But as you mentioned, Carlton had seven total bench points. Okada did not show up. And, you know, I raved about him last week coming off the bench. But in this game, he wasn't there. Thankfully, Carlton does have Nats to look forward to. And they could potentially see the GGs in the next round. But um, you know what? I'm happy for this Ottawa program. Give them their love. Big for them. They overcame that little brother, big brother thing that you and I were talking about as well. So big ups to that GGs program. I think this is the Ottawa team we thought at the start of the season would be able to win the OUA championship easily. Way back in the preseason when we were watching these preseason games and we were looking at Ottawa because Ottawa looks good in October, in September, though the summer, early November, they looked good. And somewhere along the way, they kind of just, I don't want to say they took a decline, but they kind of just fizzled out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I'd say stay stay stagnant. stagnant. Yeah, they stayed stagnant. They never really popped off like we thought they would. I think this, though, what we saw, I think what we saw this past weekend, that was the Ottawa team that we had seen in the preseason that we thought would easily win. And I think, I think, to be honest, if you had asked us back in October, November, who would win the OEA championship, I think we'd say Ottawa, but we did say Ottawa. And if you'd asked us, would the game have been close? We would have probably said no. It would have been a beatdown. Uh, so I think this was the Ottawa team that we remember back in November that we kind of forgot about as the season progressed. When you talk about how they overcame that big brother, little brother thing, that's how you overcome it, right? You go on the road to the big brother's house. You bring your fans with you. You win the game big. And then you celebrate at midcourt on their logo with your fans screaming, our house. That's how you do it. Uh, shout out to the Ottawa GGs. Again, third Wilson Cup in program history. All right, let's finish things off in the OUA, but on the women's side, OUA Women's Finals, the Carlton Ravens took on the Queens Gales, the number one ranked Queens Gales. And Carlton won this game 70-57 to 57 to win their third Fratelli Cup in program history. Callie Pockernick had 23 points. She single-handedly put the Queens Gales to bed in the third and fourth quarter. Daniel, I'm going to give you the floor. We can start on this one. Yo, honestly, like you said, Parkernick was doing her thing. But I also like that the OUA rookie of the year, Jacqueline Urban, she had a great game, 11 boards, 8 points, you know, both a block and a steal. And I think her defensive presence down low made it harder for the Gales to, you know, really get down low because she's a presence in the paint. Queens was up 8 points with 5 minutes left in the first half. But after that, Carlton just took over the whole game and did not look back. I think Carlton was just way more aggressive on the offense, getting to the free throw line 29 times in comparison to just Queens' only eight free throw attempts. But Queens really relied on their three ball this game. They shot 33s in this game. And I believe that, you know what, if you took maybe less to try to drive to the rack like Carlton did, they could have got more free throw attempts and could have made this game a bit closer. But I think this Carlton win shows us two things. The first thing being that, Carlton are probably now the favorites to win the youth sports, seeing what they did to Queens. And secondly, I think it's safe to say that Callie Pockernick is the best guard in the OUA and 1A, 1B best point guard in Canada with Haley McDonald and possibly Canada Giles. Hold on. What about, what about Sarah Gates, though? She, she's a two-guard to me. I'm not going to lie. She's a two-three player to me. Yeah. I, I, you know, I said Callie point guard, Pockernick is a true point guard. Okay. Okay. I hear that. I hear that. 
Okay, no, I hear you. Listen, what I'm going to say about this game is exactly what I said to you last week about Queens and what I said to you a few weeks ago about Queens. And this is when they face adversity, true adversity, close game, down the stretch, we're going to see what they're made of. And we saw that they are not experienced enough to handle those close games down the stretch. Uh, You saw, again, late third quarter, fourth quarter. I mean, the reality is Callie Parker probably had one of the best games of her career, and she wasn't missing from three. You could just see that there was no fight in this Queens Gales team down the stretch when every time Callie Parker came and hit a big three in their face, they had nothing to retaliate with. They they, they had trouble moving the ball. Uh, they, They couldn't make their layups. You have people trying to draw fouls, turning the ball over, passing the ball out of bounds. And that just goes to show, again, like, yes, this was a one-loss team all season. But even though they were a one-loss team, they lacked experience in certain situations. And we were able to see that situation finally face them this past weekend. And so, of course, Carlton got it done, right? Carlton got it done. They had that killer mentality. And they finished them off in Queens. They really had nothing to do. They couldn't, ha- they couldn't do anything about it. They couldn't fight back. So I wasn't surprised to see this. I think, again, Kylie Parkernick, she shocked me this past week. She, she wasn't missing. It was, actually, it was actually pretty crazy at one point. It was like she by herself. She was giving me Reggie Miller vibes. Like, I don't, I don't know. You might be too young, but you, you, you're laughing. You're laughing. You might be too young. So we, know who Reggie, we know who Reggie is now. We you know sure you know who Reggie is? You know who Reggie is. Okay, hold on. Who, who did come Reggie on, play? Bro. Come on. Come on. Okay, come on. I'm doing the choke sign. I'm doing the choke sign. Okay, he's doing the choke sign. Yeah, Reggie gave the choke sign to Spike Lee in the garden. Yeah. She was giving me Reggie Miller vibes when Reggie Miller just used to dismantle the New York Knicks. Callie Parker, Nick, this past weekend was Reggie Miller dismantling the Queens Gales and got it done by herself. All right, let's take a step back now from conference championships, put it in the past. The conference playoffs, regular seasons are done. Let's move over to the national spotlight. Let's talk about the final eight. U Sports men's basketball final eight. If you haven't figured out by now, it's the final eight teams. Let's go through the bracket. On one side, you have the one seed, Victoria Vikes, Canada West men's basketball champions, taking on the number eight seed, UPEI Panthers. Okay. They got the wild card birth or did they get the wild card birth or did they get the, the home birth? No. So because St. Effects won their yeah. conference, they got their bed and then they're also hosting as well. So that's why UPI got it. That's why they gave it to less runners up. So Queens is actually the wild card. At okay. Okay. All right. Let's get into that. Okay. Okay. So UPI got, they got the home birth on the same side of that bracket. We got the number four seed St. Effects X-Men who are the AUS champions and the home team taking on the Queens Gales, who got the wild card berth. Over to the next side of the bracket, we got the Ottawa GGs, who are the OUA champions in the two seed, taking on the Winnipeg Westman in the seventh seed, who earned their berth by making it to the Canada West Finals. And then on the other side of that bracket, to close things out, we have the Carlton Ravens, who are the OUA finalists, taking on the Uquam Titans. Okay, Uquam. Daniel, take it away. Listen, first things first. I I understand the format and the way it is, but honestly, U Sports should have whoever won the conference, you're an automatic top four seed. If you won your conference, you're an automatic top four seed. For UCRAM now to go win their division, their conference, and then 
they get slapped as a six seed and have to face Carlton, who didn't even win their conference. And their Carlton, Carlton is a three seed over St. FX, who won even their conference by 50 points. They get slapped at the four seed. They have to face Queens and potentially could face, most likely face Uvic in the second round, rather than Carlton just has to play UQAM and then go on to play Ottawa, a team which they beat twice in the season. I get it, they lost last week. But I just don't really, under, I don't really like the format of that. I think if you win your conference, you deserve a top four seed. And then your wild card be your automatic lowest seed just because you are the wild card. And then every other finalist and runners up follow in between five, six, and seven. The reason why I don't like this format is solely not like the reason why I don't like it anymore is because UPEI is in there. And you and I both know they don't belong in there. And you and I both know, along with everyone else listening to this, that they're going to get slapped by UVic and it's going to be a beatdown and it's going to look bad on national TV. I'm sorry to my people at UPEI listening to this. I'm sorry to my UPEI fans listening to this. I'm sorry, but it ain't going to be pretty because if St. FX beats you down by 50, then Victoria might give you a 60 or a 70. God, don't let it be 80. With this format, I, I think there needs to be some switching up with this final eight selection process. Me personally, I would love to see, again, like you said, your conference champions are your automatic top four seeds. And then you got to do something with these other four to, to kind of weave out the week or whatever it might be. I, I think it's kind of weird. I think it's kind of weird that you have two conferences where the runner up automatically gets in and you have two conferences where the runner up doesn't get in. I think it's a bit disrespectful in a way, to be honest with you. I think it's a bit disrespectful to look at AUS and say like, oh, no, the runner up doesn't get a, a bid here. Uh, or then the runner-up doesn't get a bid in the RCQ, but the runner-up in the OUA and the Canada West get a, a bid. Because really and truly, there's no way to tell. Three there, OUA teams. Yeah, there's no, there's, there's actually no way to tell, like, oh, which conference is stronger, all that stuff. Like, that. this isn't football. This isn't football. I think, to be honest, the quality of basketball is equal across the board, in my opinion. So there's no way to tell which conference is stronger. So that doesn't make sense to me. They got to switch it up. They got to switch it up. It doesn't make sense. I, I understand the home bid because you want to be able to sell tickets. Right. But then what happens if the home team is really, really, really bad, which we're about to get into on the other side, on the women's side. The, the home bit is weird now because look at like this. If let's say if, let's say St. FX wasn't the U.S. champions, they get the home bid. UPI is kicked out. Maybe another team gets in. Maybe a Manitoba gets in or Alberta gets in. We're not complaining about this bracket or I'm not complaining about this bracket. But because St. FX gets the home bid because they're the home team and they're also the AUS champions then the home bid automatically goes to UPI. And now we're saying, oh, my gosh, it looks like UVic might have an easy first round matchup. Right. So I think there needs to be some switching up here. But give me your points. Yo, one last thing I want to touch on this men's final eight bracket. Yo, this St. FX Queens matchup is going to be one. Like if you're not doing anything Thursday or Friday, you got to be watching this game because this is you're going to see real life CBL stars like David Mwenka on the national stage. You know, some people never got to see David Mwenka throughout the year. And now you have him. He's there playing against Queens, which is you know, top three team in the OUA. This matchup here is going to be a heavyweight, you know, John Jones type fight night, you know? No, I absolutely agree with you. I think I'm looking at Cinefex versus Queens and then whoever out of that game makes it to the next round to face UVic. That's going to be, that's going to be a real must-watch game. Uh, I'm, I'm just assuming UVic's going to win their first round game. That's just me assuming. I think, to be honest, I think on the other side of the bracket, when you look at Ottawa versus you might, you're probably going to get Ottawa versus Carlton in the second round. I could see Ottawa taking that game, right? Is Carlton going to let them beat them twice? Who knows? All right. 
Let's switch things over now to the women's side. Let's take a look at the eight teams that are going to be competing for a national championship. In the one seed, we have the Carlton Ravens, the OUA champions, taking on the Cape Breton Capers. They got the home bid. Wow. Kiara Letlow, make me proud, please. On the other side of that bracket, we have the SMU Huskies, the AUS champions, taking on the Calgary Dinos, the Canada West runner-ups. And then switching things over to the other side of the bracket, we have the Alberta Pandas, the Canada West champions in the two seed, taking on Haley McDonald and the Acadia Axe women in the seven seed. I think they got the wild card berth. On, on the other game on that bracket, we have the Queens Gales in the three seed, taking on once again the UCOM Cytatons. UCOM winning both the RCQ championships in men's and women's basketball. Interesting. Daniel, just give me your general thoughts on this bracket. Before I get into the bracket, you just said it, though. You know, UQAM, shout out to them and their basketball program, winning the men's and women's titles. You know, it's not easy to do as a school, and I think that's good for them. I don't even know when's the last time you sports, like a team has won both the men's and the women's in their conference. So someone got to fact check that, one of the listeners. But getting into the bracket, I'm surprised SAS did not get the last bid, but I will say I'm excited to see Haley McDonald play again. Obviously, they, they don't have a tough, they don't have an easy matchup with you know Alberta, but I think it's going to be one of the better first round matchups alongside SMU Calgary. That's a game to watch out for because I believe that SMU team, you know, meets Carlton in the semifinal, they could give them a good challenge. I'm not going to say they're going to beat them, but they could give them a good challenge. However, though, I'm also excited to see Kiara Letlow on national TV. I think this is a good opportunity if you're a coach out there or a scout. You got to go see Kiara Letlow, see her play, take her out of, you know, Kate Breton and bring her to your program. If you want to compete for your conference championship right now because you're going to see her play. And I think she's going to go to work. She's going to get her 22 and 20 points, you know, regardless of who she's playing, whether it be Carlton, SMU, Calgary, it doesn't matter. I have a question for you. Shoot. If Kiara Letlow has a 40-point, 20-rebound game, which is possible, what are the chances that Cape Breton can beat the Carlton Ravens? Honestly, I'm not, I'm not even going to entertain that question as much as you want me to. This is a Cape Breton team that couldn't even, you know, they barely struggled to get over 500 within their respective conference. And now you're going to tell me Carlton, a team who's only had two losses in the OUA, going to get upset by them i said only reason the only way they get up, upset is those kate brennan fans they come out and they're chirping callie parker the whole game and getting in her head unless that happens then but for all we know right now carlton is the favorite to come out of this bracket rightfully so as you and i mentioned they are battle tested like you said and i just don't think <laughs> if there's a team for them to you know lose against i don't think it's going to be kate Breton. hold on though you're not answering the question you're not answering the question. I asked you if Kiara Letlow has a 40-point, 20-rebound game, which is very much possible because she's done it before, what are the chances that this Cape Breton team can defeat Carlton if she drops 40-20? and 20? Do you trust the remainder of the team if Kiara Letlow drops 40-20? and 20? Do you trust the remainder of the team can get the job done against this Carlton Ravens team and make that upset in the first round. Listen, I get it. It's March. There's a lot of madness happening. But, you know, as Bet99 would say, this game is a hammer for Carlton, all right? Hammer for Carlton. doesn't matter what she does. She can do 50 and 20. But 
This is the hammer game for Carlton coming in as the OUA champions. Don't be like Brock last year, you know, lose in the first round. You got to be like, you know, Carlton, show that Carlton strength and come out on top, man. I think she's going to have 40 and 20. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think she's going to have 40 and 20. But you know what? I'm biased because I think Kiara Letlow is pro ready. So I think she's going to have 40 and 20. I will say this, though. We talked about Claire Signatovich earlier on in the show. We said we can't wait to see what she does when she's on the national stage. Well, she's about to go up against the AUS GOAT. And she's going to have the assignment. I guarantee you she's going to have the assignment of locking down the AUS GOAT in Haley McDonald. So I want to see what Claire Sinatovich can do when she's going up against arguably the most skilled player that she will probably ever come across in her career. I'm curious to see that matchup. I think SMU versus Calgary is must watch. I think that's going to be a big game. Queens versus UQAM. It's going to be cool. It's going to be a nice game to watch if you have the time, you know, got nothing to do on a weekend. But again, I think this, to be honest with you, I think, I think this is a very nice bracket. I like this bracket. I think it would have been nice to see Saskatchewan get in there. It really would have been nice to see Saskatchewan get in there, but I'm not upset with Acadia in there because Acadia, we all know, we thought they were going to win the AUS championship. We thought that they were going to be a lock to, to get to this tournament from the jump. I have no, uh, I have no problems with this bracket. Whereas on the men's side, again, I got some beef with UPEI. But aside from that, I'm cool with this. I'm cool with this. Okay, let's make some predictions. Predictions. Let's start with the men's. Daniel, UVic, UPI, Saint FX, Queens, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Carlton, and UQAM. Who do you got to win the men's basketball national championship in 2023? One team, one pick. I had some, t- I had a tough time deciding this. I won't lie, but you know what? I'm shouting out the AUS. And I got Saint FX, man. I said it last week. I'm, I'm riding it again. I'm riding it again. Saint FX to the chip champions. U Sport Final Eight. Okay, that's a solid pick. That's a solid pick. Here we go. My pick to win the men's basketball national championship in 2023. I got you, Vic. Uh, I think this team has it all. They got the sharpshooter. They got the best scorer in the country in Diego Mafia. They have a solid big man in Dominic Oliveri, who we have not talked about enough this season, who's done a great job of really grabbing the boards for this team and creating second chance opportunities. And then they have a great supporting cast. I think this team is well-equipped to, to go all the way, all the way. And out of every single team, that we're talking about that is competing for a national championship on the men's side. This is the only team that's honestly flawless. They have not given us any reason at any point this season to be concerned about their ability to close out a game, their ability to be a significant opponent, their ability to handle any situation. This is a flawless team. So I'm going to go with the flawless team and I'm going to go with you, Vic. Yeah. I just want to say one thing too, like on this men's bracket, I think like, I think David Mwenkat, I think he's going to turn up this tournament he's been playing you know reserve role back there saying effects you know letting everyone get involved with his new teammates but i think this is a tournament where we are going to see the number one cbl pick from last year put on a show and i'm i'll, I'll be scared like this team is a physical team and I, it's sad because i don't want you vic and saint effects on the same side of the bracket because you know we're probably going to see a carlton ottawa rematch again i don't want to see that but you know i think david muenkat is a player to watch this tournament 
the reality is if you got St. FX winning the championship, which means you might you got St. FX beating you Vic in that second round. For St. FX to beat you Vic, David Moinkat will have to have the best game of his career. It's that simple. He will have to have the best game of his career because I don't see any other scenario where St. FX could somehow beat you Vic. Every single player on that team has to have the best game of their career because you know that Uvic is coming with the heat. They're probably coming with every single player in that lineup dropping 20. If, if St. FX is going to make a run at the national championship, David Boycat has to turn up. He has to put up career high numbers. He has to do something and be, go to a place that he's never been to before. Because Don't forget that home court advantage too for St. FX. There you go. To be honest, to be Queens, they might have to pull out some of their best performances. It's not going to be easy. Test. It's, it's not, not going to be an easy road for St. FX at all. No, it's, this is a tough road for St. FX. I think this might be the toughest road. It just I'm looking at St. FX's road to a championship right now. I think that's the toughest road of any team in this final eight bracket. The toughest road because you look, Victoria has UPEI first round. That's a bye. Ottawa has Winnipeg first round. No disrespect to Winnipeg. But I don't think you're in the same stratosphere as the def- or as the reigning OUA champions. And then Carlton versus Uquam. No disrespect to Uquam, but you're going up against a dynasty. Whereas in this bracket, and the same thing goes for Queens. I think for Queens, Queens and St. FX, they both have a tough road to the finals because they're both going up against teams that are, you know, whoever, and you know, I'm big on adversity. So whoever wins this game, they might have a great chance to win a national championship because, again, they're going to have to go through adversity to win that game. So I think that's going to be game of the weekend on the men's side to start things off. Uh, let's switch over to the women's side. Daniel, Carlton, Cape Breton, SMU, Calgary, Alberta, Acadia, Queens, and Uquam. Who you got? Uh, if I'm being honest, I think the Alberta Golden Bears. I think the Alberta Golden Bears, I'm not going to lie to you. I think that, you know, what we talked about, Signatovich, and we talked about, you know, Jen Harper. Oh, that's her name, right? Sorry. We talked. Harps. Harps, Harps, sorry. I think the Alberta Gold. Go- <laughs> I think the Alberta Pandas are going to come out on top this tournament. Um, you know what? We mentioned Claire Signatovich. We mentioned, we mentioned Jen Harp. But we didn't even mention the first team all-star Emma Carey, who didn't have the, the best of game in that final, in that Canada West final. So now this team with rest and everything like that, when Emma, Emma Carey, hopefully she bounces back. I think this team right now, especially with their side of the back bracket, I think they could come out on top, especially with that defense as we're talking about from Signatovich. And they're tall as well, too. They're physical. They played in the hardest Canada West conference, in my opinion. So I think this team might be the best prepared team outside of Carlton to go win it all, but that's my pick, Alberta Pandas. I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm looking at Alberta. They have the best defender in the country. Solid piece in Emma Carey. Solid score in Jen Harps. I don't think there's any other team in this final eight bracket that takes off all those boxes. I just don't think so, to be honest with you. I think that there's a lot of teams in this bracket that have solid scores, but no one has a defense that Alberta has. No one has the shot blocker that Alberta has in Clarence Matovich. 
right? I think Claire Simatovich, in my opinion, she's going to be the difference maker. I think if they go on to win this national championship, she's the tournament MVP. That's my opinion. So even I'm looking at Alberta's path to a, a finals, they got to get through Acadia. That's going to be tough. You got to shut down Haley McDonald. We know now if you shut down Haley McDonald, you have a good chance of winning, right? Because we saw SMU do it in the finals. And then let's say next round, let's say they go up against Queens. No disrespect to Uquam, but let's say they go up against Queens. We know now that Queens is beatable by both blowout and close games. And we know that they crack under pressure. Right? So, hey, listen, I'm looking at Alberta's path to the finals. I'm saying if they can just get past Acadia, they're in a good position to get to a finals if they go up against Queens in that next round. I'm looking at the other side of the bracket. Carlton looks like they might have a walk in the park unless Kiara Letlow drops 40 and 20. If Kiara Letlow drops 40 and 20, then I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Carlton's in trouble. And to be honest, I got SMU beating Calgary. I have SMU beating Calgary. Yeah, I got SMU beating Calgary. I think the finals is going to come down to Alberta versus Carlton. And that's when I see Alberta's size coming through and defeating Carlton and that, and their defense as well. So we're going to see Alberta's perimeter defense, though, if they take on Carlton. We're going to see how good their perimeter defense is because we know their defense inside is good. But perimeter defense, you got Cali Pockernick on the three-point line. That's a whole different That's a whole different game, right? But I got Alberta winning this one. I got Alberta winning this one. Hold on. You didn't tell me who you, who you got, like, meeting up in the finals on the men's side. Oh, meeting up. I think Carlton just continues their, their nationals. There's something about Carlton. There's OUA Carlton, and there's nationals Carlton. I think they're, you know, last year they didn't win the OUA. Everyone's like, you know, Carlton's done. What did they do? They beat the number two seed, UVic, in the first round. They beat on, um, Alberta, who only had one loss on the season in Alberta. And then they went on to win the U Sports National Championship by 20 against Saskatchewan. So I think, you know what? Yeah, you lost to OUA, but Carlton's not really a good OUA finals team. There's years before where they lost to, you know, TMU in OUA finals and then go on to win nationals. So I think Carlton and St. FX are going to meet up in the finals. The one thing about Carlton that I'm curious to see, and this is where we're going to be able to learn about these myths that surround this basically mystical program because the idea like you just said for a lot of U sports basketball fans is Carlton don't give a damn about OUA championships they only care about the national championship and when it becomes national championship season they become a different beast they become a different beast and here's the thing though in years past they had cats like Lloyd Pandy they had cats like Alain Louis they had some of the best players to ever put on that jersey playing for them this is a whole new squad led by whole new players, whole new names, whole new faces. This is not the Carlton Ravens that we've been used to seeing over the last, you know, five to six years. That era is gone, right? So I want to be able to see now, is this myth really true? Does Carlton really become a different beast in the national championship tournament? Or... Was it just the faces of yesteryear? 
that were really pushing that narrative, pushing that story. I think that's what I want to see uh, because the reality is this. I'm sorry, you know, Grant Shepard, but, you know, Alain Louis or, or Lloyd Pandy and Grant Shepard are in a different stratosphere, right? Alain Louis and Aiden Warhol's different stratosphere, right? So uh, we'll see. We'll see. If, if they do turn up and they actually do go on to become a, you know, a, a different team in the national championship tournament, then I'm going to say, damn, they've been punking us all year. They've been punking us all year. Something's going on. Like they've been, they've been punking us all year. I don't know what it is. Maybe they say we're going to take a break. Maybe they, maybe they're anticipating a long run, a longer season. I don't know what it is, uh, but they've been punking us all year. Uh, But listen, Daniel, that's a wrap. I will say this first off, this is not our final episode for people listening. People might think, oh my gosh, national championship tournaments this weekend season's done after this weekend this is the final episode this is not our last episode we got another episode coming out next week because we're gonna recap everything that happened from the weekend's past and then uh we'll see what happens in the off season we'll see what happens in the off season but daniel talk to me how you feeling going to final eight weekend how you feel i'm feeling good and i think the thing that i'm excited about the most i think there's gonna be one upset i think there's gonna be one upset are not just in, in between both brackets, but I'm really waiting to see what game is going to be that upset. I'm really interested to see what game is going to be that upset. Hold on. Hold on. No, 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 no. Just tell me what you think the upset's going to be. Tell I me what. No, 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 no. If there's one game in each bracket that you, that you think is most likely, what's one game in each bracket that you think would be the most likely upset to occur this weekend? Well, it's tough when you have eight teams because, you know, <laughs> the rankings aren't that far off. But I feel like on the women's side, SMU could easily take out Calgary easily. I think not easily, but I, I think, like, you know, that's an easy pick. And then on the men's side, too, like, you know, we can sit here and say Queens will upset St. FX, the five seed to the four seed. But I think Winnipeg might give Ottawa a bit more run for the money than we expect. But I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Since I asked the question, I got to answer it, too. I think it's unfair for me to ask a question, not answer it. So I'm going to say this. If there's going to be one upset on the women's side, I'm telling you right now, you know what I'm going to say. You know what I'm going to say. If Kiara Letlow drops 40 and 20, I think they have a chance to beat Carlton. It's a tall task. It's a tall task. But I think that could be an upset. You got, you got the, one of the best players in the country. Okay, she's pro-ready. She's an all-Canadian. She didn't win MVP. But my goodness, a lot of people think she was the best player in that conference. And they're at home, the home team, right? So that's, that gives them that extra boost, depending on if these fans come out. And you know these fans out East are passionate about their basketball. So if there's one upset that could happen this weekend on the women's side, Kate Breton might beat Carlton. The chances of that happening, I don't know, like 2%. But it's a strong 2%, strong 2%. On the men's side, it's tough. It's tough. I feel like in the Queen-San Effects game, I feel, like if, I feel like either team can win that game. You know, I feel like either team can win that game. I don't see UQAM giving Carlton a run for their money. I don't see UPEI giving Victoria a run for their money. I'm looking at Winnipeg and Ottawa along with you, and I'm saying, hey, this Winnipeg team was upsetting people all playoffs, right? And they, they had a low-key good season. So I think if there's one team on the men's bracket that could come in with an upset, it could be Winnipeg. 
because they've been upsetting people. So look out for Winnipeg. I'm agree. I'm agree with you on that one. I think people are sleeping on that, and people are saying that Ottawa's gonna get an automatic dub. But remember, some of these OUA fans don't watch that Canada West basketball because they don't buy the subscription. Because Canada West want to charge people fifty dollars to watch two games. Hey, we ain't gonna talk about. It. I don't even want to get into it. But watch out for Winnipeg. Okay, that's a wrap. Listen, if you made it this far, big ups to you. This podcast is available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. You get your podcast. This is Deshaun Stevens and Daniel Noel signing off from the pre-final eight episode of the Ball Note Podcast. Peace and blessings always.